and we are live with another edition of the All Gas Snow Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. Andrew, it's been a while since we talked about the NBA season. It's certainly been into a world swing, you know, kind of a big, a weird first half it's been for some teams. Some teams we expected that are currently in their certain, you know, certain matter are here at this certain spot in the season. And we are now just a couple of days away from not only the trade deadline, but also from the All-Star game this week. So I think it's a better time as any to not only recap the first half of this NBA season, but to now look into the second half of the season, as well as potential trade deadline uh, acquisitions for some teams. Yep, we're a couple of days away from the trade deadline. I think three days to be exact as of this recording in February. And we've had a crazy first half of the season we have dynasties dying. We have teams rising. It's a very exciting time to be an NBA fan. Uh, a lot of these teams we did expect to be here. However, a couple of them are really big surprises this year. Uh, some certain New York team I want to talk about in a little bit. But yeah. let's get into it, Nick. What do you want to start with? I think we should talk about first, you know, we talked about those surprise teams. I think let's first, you know, let's dive in first off. Let's talk about what's happened so far in both the East and the Western Conference before we talk into who's been a surprise for us, who's been a disappointment for us, and kind of where we're looking at going into the second half of the season. As you know, in the Eastern Conference right now, the top six seeds are Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee, the Knicks, Philadelphia, and Indiana, and then the play-in teams are currently the Orlando Magic the Miami Heat, the Chicago Bulls, and the Atlanta Hawks to round that out. And in the Western Conference, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder as the one seed. They're currently tied with the Timberwolves for that one seed. Then it's the Clippers, Nuggets, Kings, and the Suns. And then the play-in teams are the New Orleans Pelicans, Dallas Mavericks, Lakers, and Utah Jazz. So some of those teams that I just listed are definitely some very surprising teams that we mentioned. Obviously, when we went into our prediction show, we didn't expect to see, for example, the Oklahoma City Thunder being tied for the best record in the Western Conference. It's certainly not seeing that they'd be tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves. We did not expect these two teams to be, at this point in the season, 20 games over 500 and battling it out for a potential home court advantage for the entire Western Conference playoffs. So those two teams definitely have something to be proud about what they've done in this first half of the season. Um and on the east side of things, I think realistically the most surprising thing that I've seen personally is kind of for these teams. You, you expect that Boston and Milwaukee and Philadelphia to be these, those teams in the playoff picture, as well as Cleveland, especially as of late. Cavaliers have been one of the hot streaks in all the NBA. But same thing with the Knicks. They, they were a team that we both expected to be playing good, maybe not as good as we have seen them play these last couple of weeks which has been a great sight for us to both see. But teams like the Orlando Magic are starting to make a little bit of a noise. And right now, if they were to win another game and the Pacers were to lose, they would be not playing in a playing game. So there's been a lot of teams that I've seen that have been very surprising for a good portion of this first half. So as crazy as this sounds, I think there are two different tiers among these top six teams in each conference. T- uh, tier one in the East is Boston and Boston alone. And then tier two is Cleveland, Milwaukee, New York, and Philadelphia. I think Excuse those are the two. Uh, loud bang! Have you heard that in the background? But uh, continue. Those are the two different tiers I have. Boston is cl- clearly heads and shoulders above everyone else. That's what we kind of had going into this season. And then seeds two through five, I think, are interchangeable right now. 
Joel Embiid is going to be out for extended period of time. So is Julius Randle. They were saying uh, six to eight weeks for uh, for Embiid. I know if they're saying six to eight weeks, he's going to be really early in fourth, a.k.a. He's probably out for the rest of the season. Maybe he's back for the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. And then the West gets a little bit crazy because seeds one through four are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. The Clippers and Nuggets are half game back from being tied for the first seed with the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Minnesota Timberwolves. However, and this may be my bias, I would put the Clippers and the Nuggets in tier 1A and then the Thunder and the Timberwolves in 1B. Only due to the playoff success and the playoff, I guess the individual success of the individuals on the Clippers and the Nuggets. Nuggets come off a championship. Uh, and the Clippers have guys that have made deep playoff runs and even won champion, multiple championships like Kawhi Leonard. They've got Paul George, James Harden. So these are guys that are used to at least getting to be NBA conference finals in their respective conferences like Russell Westbrook right. and James Harden, PG-13. Excuse me, PG-24 now. And Kawhi is obviously a finals MVP. While the Thunder and the Timberwolves are the young, exciting teams. Right? You have SGA. You have Josh Giddy. You have Lou Dort. You have all these guys that uh, Jalen Williams, Isaiah Joe, all the, all these guys, right? And of course, you can't forget Chet Holmgren. All these guys that haven't really had any playoff success, but you really can't fault them. This is Chet's right. first year in the league. This is Josh Giddey's third league. league. Right, because their only experience last season was in the play-in. They didn't have much experience from right. the playoff, a playoff format other than that those playing games. And then you have the Timberwolves. Great team. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, uh, Jaden McDaniels, which I thought was one of the greater signings uh, of the last couple of years. Really, really great player. Um, and then you have guys like the veteran leader, like Mike Conley, kind of a floor general. Uh, Grit and Grind Grizzlies, one of five players remaining from that 2007 draft class. So while Mike Conley may have some playoff experience, Rudy Gobert may have some playoff experiences a little bit. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, they really don't have that. And that, those are your, your number one and two options. So for those reasons alone, I would put, put them in 1B, below the Clippers and the Nuggets. And obviously you have Kings and Suns, which ironically are kind of have the same record right now. But I think Phoenix will finish stronger just because, you know, the roster, Bradley Beal, Kevin Ryan, et make, And you can still make the same case for New Orleans as well. They're also... Same record as Phoenix and a half game behind Sacramento. Yeah, it also comes down to playoff experience. So I think that's what really the deciding factor is right now. Right. And if you look at the same side of the Eastern Conference where you have those top five teams, they all have the playoff experience from before. Then you look at a team like Indiana that hasn't had much playoff experience in terms of their star players, but they're exciting. They've had they've had an exciting season. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton leads the league in assists per game. He's been one of their top scorers as well. They've been really doing good with what essentially doesn't seem like a great roster on hand. Obviously, you have guys like Miles Turner with this team, and you are, you have to look at the team itself and say to yourself, how is it really working overall, and what has been their key to success? It's been, realistically, they've been scoring a bunch of points throughout the entire season, and that's been a key for them getting to this spot in the in the year. They also got Pascal Siakam in a trade with the Raptors. So that now adds a That's player a that can success. help. Exactly. That adds to your playoff mentality going into this postseason if they are able to reach that point. It looks to seem to be that that is going to be the case for this team. But they're a nice, young, fun team, just like the Orlando Magic, who have been one of the more surprising teams in which 
they have this young core that we've seen develop, kind of like what we saw for the Thunder, where they assessed all these picks, they used them in the draft, they got these guys to develop, and right now it's all working for these two for these couple teams. Now they're in a position where they can make the playoffs, get that playoff experience, and then down the line maybe try to get even further in the postseason. But when you speak about those teams that have been surprising, then you look to start to see the teams that have kind of been disappointing. Because there certainly have been a, a couple of teams in the NBA this first half that have definitely been disappointing going into the second half. And they are probably going to be in the trade market in terms of selling coming up on this upcoming Thursday deadline. Yeah, we had a couple of teams which I wasn't really high on, but you were high on. And we both kind of, uh, I don't want to say took a beating like this, but we kind of both took a beating and stuff like this. Like I wasn't really yeah. too high on, on Golden State. That was one of the teams like, you know what? I'm not really not too high on them. I'm going to slot them at my, at my eight seed. You slot them a little bit higher. However, you also had the Thunder in there, which was a complete miss for me. Number one team in the NBA was a complete miss, miss for me. No one really saw the Thunder being this good uh, this soon. I There's thought, always that team that was like, oh, right. they're coming. But we don't know if they're they here yet. they made the play-in last year. They won a play-in game and almost got into the playoffs. And I figured... They probably get another step forward this season. I just didn't think I, – I, I wasn't going to – I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, they're going to be the best team in the Western Conference. I thought they would be another playing team this year. Yeah, and then you take a team like Golden State. I said when they were going to start Chris Paul and Clay Thompson, they were going to run Clay Thompson at power forward. I said this team was cooked. I said I was going to give them the eighth seed out of respect because they've been there for so many years, but – this team is finally cooked. This may be the end of the dynasty for Golden State. And it's it's weird because Steph Curry is still having a very good season. Great season. For this team. If, but, listen, if this team had 32 wins right now, he'd be an MVP candidate. Right. And because of that not happening, the Warriors currently are on the outside looking in. They would not be a playoff team if the season ended today. They're two games back, or excuse me, one game back for that final play-in team against the for the Jazz. They're right now 22 and 25. And there's a couple, there's a possibility they could be trading some guys like Clay Thompson, maybe a Draymond Green or an Andrew Wiggins at this upcoming trade deadline on Thursday. Now, so, the likelihood of that happening is probably unlikely, but the Warriors might have to try and think about their future if they want to have any success. So we have to talk about this, and we'll go into this later. We have to talk about Steve Kerr's coaching pedigree now. We have to actually kind of question what he's been doing the last couple of years because I, I've been always one, one of the proponents that he was gift wrapped to this team by his front office and the previous coaching staff. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green, uh, with a little bit of luck. And if I think if David Lee had never suffered that injury and he had, was forced to start Draymond Green, I don't think this team ever starts. But that's how, you know, the greatest teams sometimes become great on accident. Does that make sense? Like yeah. no one, like look at Tom Brady and the Patriots. Oh, if if, uh, if Drew Bledsoe never gets well, hurt, think about what happened for the Warriors happens. when they got Curry. I mean, it was a string of luck that they he fell to them at what was it, pick number eight or seven in that NBA draft. Yeah, and three point guards went before him: uh, Ricky Rubio, right. Johnny, Johnny Flynn, Flynn, Ricky Rubio. Um, I can't think of the other point guard. I, I know the Knicks obviously with a pick after, and they got Jordan Hill because the Knicks wanted Curry. Never forget yeah. that. Yeah, never forget that. That's a, that still uh, pains me to this day. But yeah, the Warriors they they've been very you know lucky to have this type of a run. I mean, obviously Clay Thompson 
was a pretty good pick for them. Uh, we, I mean, that's not really saying much, but at the time, you weren't expecting Clay Thompson to do what he's Shooting guard from Washington game. State, mid-round pick. Draymond Green has been a great defensive player for this team. I mean, say what you want about his other antics on the court, but he's been really good for this team in terms of playmaking ability and for his defense. But they're hitting the they're hitting the stage of where a dynasty kind of ends, where you know you've won all these rings, you've had great success for how many years, but there comes a time during this run where you start to decline, your team starts to suffer from it, injuries and other things happen, and now of your organization you have to look towards the future and try to look for the what are you know the better well-being of your team and that's probably where the warriors are at right now considering that there are three games under 500 going into this upcoming all-star week also got to talk about the memphis grizzlies a little bit i mean we knew they, they would have, have a short uh, they'd have a slow start with no job but now with no job for the rest of the season this team looks horrific yeah i Try to give them the benefit of the doubt when we were making our first half predictions. I did too. I thought, okay, they'll be like maybe a seven or eight seed and sneak in there, but yeah, yeah. they are the twelve seed or thirteen yeah, seed. Excuse they, me. It's been, it has certainly been a rough year for Memphis, and you, we even saw what happened to them a couple of day, a couple of days ago against Boston, where they had about thirteen players that were not active for that game due to injuries or other things going on, and they started eight or nine players. They had to call up a bunch of G leaguers to play that game. But considering that this was a team that was, what, the number two seed in the West last season, and now they're on the cups of being one of the top five picks in the NBA lottery this upcoming season, potentially. Hey, yeah, it, this is how dynasties are born, though. Steph that's Curry true. was injured. That, that he had ankle problems, and that's how they luck into better players. Right. And think about that for the Warriors. I mean, go back to them. Jonathan Kaminga has looked pretty good for them these last couple of weeks. And yeah. he's looking to be like a really good player for them in the next and couple of years. Again, so. this is why I questioned Steve Kerr a little bit because you have this guy sitting on your bench and he looks like he's the second best player on the court right now. Right. So I don't, I, I don't know what, he, what, what, what the talent evaluation process is there, but you have to think about this. Going to go back to Memphis for a second here. Think yeah, about David Robinson when he got injured for one year. Right. Spurs worst team in the league. Who do they get? Tim Duncan, Dynasty. I'm not saying it's going to happen for Memphis. Uh, particularly, none of these draft picks really excite me. I don't think there's really a solid number well, one guy. This could be the weakest draft in the last 10 years. But Well, you know what the other know. issue is for Memphis is look at where they're currently slated out. They have 18 wins of the season. That's still not even one of the top five worst records in the league. You have teams like Detroit that have not even won 10 games. Washington there's has not won There's four teams in the games. Eastern Conference alone with worse records than that. Right. And then you have Portland and San Antonio in the Western Conference. So that's six teams right there that are already worse than your team is. So maybe they still get a good player where they pick. Maybe they jump up in the lottery. Who knows? But yeah, it's been a rough year for the Grizzlies. But as you said, you never know. You could get a diamond in the rough. Sometimes you have these drafts. I mean, look at the 2013 draft for the honest. No one expected anything in that draft, too. And turns out we got one of the best players of our entire generation for... A plus decade almost. Nicole Jokic was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. I would exactly. Never, he was the Crunchwrap Supreme took priority over him getting drafted. And he's the arguably the face of a Western Conference right now. And he's on pace right now to win his second straight MVP. So he's got a really, I mean, or it's just a second straight because I keep thinking he won last year, but it was Embiid that won. But it's it would okay. Be, we all knew that he should have won. MB got his uh, participation award last year. This would be uh, would this would be his sec? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this his I think second third MVP, MVP or would be his third? Okay, so he's on pace to win his third MVP, and what should have so, been a fourth, but right. So 
say what you want about it, but Jokic is having another unbelievable season. And you can't even say, oh, he's the fans don't record. like him. The fans don't like him because he was number two in, uh, I think, in fan voting in the Western Conference, right behind LeBron, a guy who's been there for 20 years now. Right. And, and then we look at what we did when we picked our original predictions. I think pretty much for the most part, we have almost every team that is in the playoffs for both sides. I think in the Western Conference, the only teams that I like 12 for 14 right now. Right. I think the only teams that I didn't get right were Memphis and Golden State because right now they're not in the playoffs if the season ended today. Um, Yeah, those are the teams I'm missing too. Right. And I think in the Eastern Conference, I think the only teams that I got wrong was Atlanta. Atlanta is a playing team right now, but I don't consider that as what I was predicting at the beginning of the season. I did get Indiana right, which I'm, you know, happy to see. I think the Pacers are kind of proving that they are. You know, better than what we've seen, but it's been a pretty, I, w- I wouldn't say predictable NBA season. There's still been a lot of unpredictability when it comes down to some of these surprises and disappointments from the NBA first half, but there's still a, so, uh, there's still a whole second half of the season to go on, and we could see these teams making runs. I mean, look at Cleveland, for example. This team was, right, was what, maybe a five or six seed a couple weeks ago, and They've won six straight games, and now they're the number two seed in the Easter Conference. Yeah, I mean, a lot has today. to happen. Uh, like, the Knicks have to lose their all-star. Uh, the Sixers have to lose their MVP candidate. The Bucks have to go and get coached no, by Doc Rivers now. What, well, no, what I'm – yeah, uh, no, I, I agree with you. But what I'm getting at is that these – the two to five right now is kind of interchangeable. It's all interchangeable, like, I, I would in agree. In the Easter Conference because it seems like it's a lot of, you know, teams beating up on each other, injuries happening, and – these teams taking advantage of it. And right now, Cleveland obviously is doing its job of taking advantage of that. And you've seen that in the Western Conference too, where you have the Clippers on a, on a run, the Thunder have been great, the Timberwolves have been great, the Nuggets have been great, and those teams are all battling it out, a four-team race for the one seed in the West. So there's still a lot to go on. And with the trade deadline coming up, if there are to be some big trades happening this upcoming deadline, that really leads to some of these teams potentially getting in a better position to getting into the playoffs and maybe making a run at an NBA championship. So who knows? But before we go into this upcoming weekend, the All-Star Week, I think let's go into some of the MVP debate. And we already spoke about it. It looks to seem that Nicole Jokic is going to win his third MVP of his of his career. Um, we both... I think we both predicted him to win MVP at the beginning of the season. So it looks to be that is going to, you know, it most likely will stay that way. Um, Joel Embiid, obviously, with his injury now, is effectively out of the MVP race. So he won't have a chance to go back to back. The next best option to beat Jokic for MVP is Shea Gilgis Alexander, who, as we all know, is having a monster season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's a big reason why. They are the are tied for the one seat in the Western Conference. He's after 31 points a game. And you know how much he is as well when it comes to not only his offensive playmaking ability, but his defense. He also leads the league in steals per game. So he's been a huge reason why they are in this spot right now in the season. So, Nick, you went three for three on your uh, on your picks. You had Jokic, SGA, and Giannis. And I had Jokic, Luka, and I had Steph Curry. Obviously, the Warriors fell apart, so he's not going to be up there. Um, you look as, according to odds, uh, long shots, I'm sorry, uh, short odds to, to long shots. It's Jokic, SGA, Giannis, Luka in that order. And let's not forget, Jalen Brunson's number five. And Jalen Brunson is number five. I wanted to go into that because yeah. 
we have to have a debate now, especially him carrying the load. And depending on the different sports books, for example, if you go to Caesars versus, let's say, Bet365, uh, Bet365 has him at plus 25,000. Caesars has him at plus 2,500. So you can get a lot of arbitrage in here of different lines. Like Bet365 or SGA is 350. Uh, now, Caesars is plus 240. So you can get a lot of different arbitrage here, and you can kind of shop your lines here. Now, this is for SGA you're talking about? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Jokic has it pretty much locked up. I think it would take an uh, injury for that, him not to win it. When yeah, I mean, we said that last year, and then Bob's the, uh, the whole Philadelphia campaign media machine came out. I, I don't, oh, Jokic yeah, is I, boring. Look at this. He he And then he lost two games. He literally listen. lost two games in April, and people started yeah. having a hissy fit saying, oh, this guy can't be MVP. And then Joel Embiid went from, like, plus 2,000 to, like, up the heavy table overnight. SGA would be a fun MVP if he were to win. He's not go. I don't think he's going to win it. He's not better he than will- Jokic, though. That's the problem. No, I, I, but in terms of what he's done for the OKC, they would not be in the situation they'd be in right now without him. They need his. They need everything that he's given them this season. He definitely deserves to be commemorated for what he's done this year. But I agree with you. Jokic is by is the best player in the world right now. He's playing on an unbelievable level once again. But, yeah, and that just goes to show uh, that this really is. Is this really Jokic's league now? If he wins. Three MVPs in, let's say, a four or five year span. Is this his league now? Just how kind of like it was LeBron's league come 15 down, years ago? It's going to come down to rings. It's going it to come down to rings. It is going to come down to rings, though. But if he manages to get two rings with Denver. Well, you're going to you're going to you're going to put him up in the conversation for sure of some of the biggest, you know, the, some of the greatest centers of all time. Guys are like like Shaq, you know, Kareem, Wilt, um, you know, all these big players of all time for centers you're gonna to start to put him in that conversation for sure if he could bring another championship or two to denver especially coinciding with maybe one two hell three mvp awards in that time span i think all-time center ranking Jokic off the top of my head is definitely top 10 without a question he's might be top five because you have to remember the, the big man is such a historically dominant position we may think in recent times it is it's become like a weak position. I mean, besides Shaq, the only really big man that won MVP in that twenty year stretch is Jokic. Right. So you have to think of all the great centers. You have to think, you know, is he better than Shaq? Right now, no. Is he better than uh Kareem? No. Is he better than Dwight? Yeah, I think he's better yeah, than he's Dwight. Dwight. So he's, I I would say he's not better than Shaq. Uh not better than not Kareem. Better than Kareem, not better than Wilt. Um, I don't know what you I don't know what you would say about Akeem because Akeem definitely deserves. Akeem is criminally too. underrated. I think him and Akeem are a lot closer, but I would give give the edge to Akeem. What about uh, David Robinson? That's when the, I think the debate starts here because David Robinson had a long, lengthy career. He is very underrated. He has an MVP. Uh, he has the All Star games. He has the first teams. Um, he has the Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, because he was such a defensive stalwart too. Yeah, I think David Robinson is just above him. But give Jokic, but he ha- yeah, give he Jokic five years. Him. Give Jokic like let's have this conversation in twenty twenty nine, and I think we're having a completely different conversation. But and then I, think I would he's say right outside the top five. And then I would say Bill Russell would probably be better just because of what Russell 
did for that Celtics dynasty. I mean, he he was we know he was an unbelievable player. Yeah, but you, have, you're, you assume you're right. at the end of this year he's got six All Star games, he's got three MVPs, and he's got six All NBA teams. He's 28 years old, prime his career. His game's going to age, hopefully, pretty good. You, you assume by the time he's maybe 33, 34, so slowing down. So if he's got 10 and 10 with maybe four MVPs, then yeah, I think he's top five all time, at least with centers. Yeah. Uh, but before we go into All Star game, Johnson, is there anything else that has really surprised you or disappointed you in terms of maybe not even a team itself, maybe a player itself that has maybe surprised you is, you know, said to yourself, wow, I didn't think he was going to be doing this this season, or a player that has been like, wow, I can't believe that he's really, you know, gone from a great career to now having this bad of a season this year? Uh, Off topic, or kind of on topic, can we talk about Kemba Walker? Kemba Walker? What team is he even? Is he, he's not even in the NBA. Is Hold he? on. Hold on. So he's not in the M- NBA. He plays for AS Monaco. He comes off their bench and he scores right. a couple points a game. This is a guy that two years ago, or about three years ago, was a starting Cowboy all-star point guard for the Boston Celtics. And within three years, he goes from being an all-star Cowboy guard to coming off the bench for a bottom-of-the-barrel European team. I remember when we were hyped when the Knicks got him. Yeah, it was exciting. And then that I was especially hyped. Little did we know that last year in Boston was the last year of his would be one of his final good years in the NBA. So I, that's one guy I want to mention. Just not in the NBA more, but he's had such a, he's had such a fall from grace, and no one's really talking about him because, like you said, is he on a team? Not really. Yeah. You you could have fooled me. I did. I was like, there's no way he's still playing the NBA. Uh, Clay Thompson, another guy I want to talk about. It looks like he everything is fine uh, on the surface, but when you look at his defense and when you actually look at game film you don't look at a box score he's not the same clay look at the uh, Warriors last couple games in terms too when you speak about that because they have lost some games this last couple of weeks where they've scored about like 130 140 and they're still losing games yeah and it's because of a defensive effort uh yeah. that's the guy i want to kind of highlight you know great career so far but to be kind of cooked at the age of 33 34 years old not a really great sign uh any other guys that kind of really want to mention off the top of my head that's kind of had a fall from grace? Not particularly. One guy, I guess two guys I really have to give credit to this year. Uh, one, I don't really want to say this, but I think you have to give credit to Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah. I know he's had some injury problems again. I know he has, I know he's kind of back in the lineup. He missed, uh, he missed a good portion of the season, the quarter of the season, but, um, one of the knacks we had against him, that he wasn't, he was too soft. He didn't want to play center. And he's averaging like twenty and seven with a couple blocks a game now for the Boston team. And he's really anchoring that defense. Um, it's not uncommon to see him get 10, 11, 12 rebounds in a night. Um, so that's one guy that we guess we have to give credit to. And of course, let's not forget to give credit to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, no Julius Randle, uh, no OG Anobi leading teams. And when they had Julius Randle and they had OG Anobi, uh they were blanking teams. They were destroying the Nuggets by 40. Uh, they were destroying the Timberwolves. Just complete annihilation when they had these uh, all these guys. But Jalen Brunson's really stepped up the last couple of weeks, or the last two weeks, without Julius Randle, without OG Anobi. So that's a guy we have to uh, look at again. Because when I initially, when the Knicks initially signed Jalen Brunson, I thought, okay, he, if he became a 20-6 and six type point guard with good efficiency, I would be ecstatic with that signing. Now he's averaging twenty-seven and seven, 
with one of the best three-point shooting percentages in the NBA. Uh, abs- over the moon with his contract. So that's a guy that we really have to talk about. He should have been starting, but uh, politics, whatever, NBA, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah, fan voting really screwed him on that one. Fan voting shouldn't be a thing. When Zaza Pachulia almost became an all-star starter, that's when you should have taken it away. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, there's certainly been those, you know, players like that. I mean, you talked about the Warriors with Curry. I mean, I mentioned those two games where they lost. They lost one in double overtime. Curry had 40 in that game. Their last overtime loss against the Hawks. Curry had 60, and they still lost that game. Um, so that's definitely been a disappointment in terms of what the Warriors season has been. And then for surprise, surprising, I mean, obviously, yeah, the Knicks being one of those top teams in the Eastern Conference right now, having a great opportunity to potentially be a top two seed in the East because of guys like Jalen Brunson and how they played. And then the OG Anubi trade, at first we were very skeptical, you know, skeptical of it because we were giving away Barrett and Manuel quickly. But in the grand scheme of things, it's worked out, per- it's worked out really well. Obviously him being injured right now is not helping, but when he was playing and obviously with Randall still there as well, the Knicks were one of the more unstoppable teams and getting those two guys back, for the playoff run would be huge for this team. And who knows what they do with the trade deadline. They're sure they're surely going to potentially make one deal at this deadline because they did get away a couple bench pieces in that trade for a newbie. So they need to try to assess and get another bench piece for this playoff run. And we'll go into the trade predictor later on, but uh, I think that really sums up, our first half recap, we've talked about the teams that disappointed, the players, MVP competition uh, conversation. Now we can talk about the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, we have a uh, interesting All-Star weekend, that is for sure. I mean, obviously, we have our normal contest where we have the skills competition. Now, we won't go into that tonight just because there hasn't been any participants announced as of yet. I think Wemby is the only player that has been confirmed for that event. So we'll see who eventually participates in that contest. But... We have our usual three-point contest, a special three-point contest this year that we'll get into in a little bit, as well as the dunk contest, and then the actual NBA All-Star game as well as who we will decide, who we think will be this year's NBA All-Star game MVP. Now, obviously, as of today, we also found out that there are going to be two new participants for the Eastern Conference due to the injuries of Joel Embiid and Julius Randle. We'll get into those rosters in just a little bit, but... Let's go into some of the contests that we have going into NBA All-Star Weekend. We obviously will start off with the three-point contest. And in that contest, we have Damian Lillard, Tyrese Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell, Malik Beasley, Lloyd Marketing, and Jalen Brunson. Johnson, I think I know where you're going to go with this pick, but who do you think wins the three-point contest? I got to go Jalen Brunson, right? I cannot support. I cannot not support him. So now, I'm going to go you- Jalen Brunson. Now, is this one where, like, it, l- let me paint a picture. Is this kind of like where um, it's like a home run derby in a sense where if you win the thing that it really, you know, screws up with your shooting? And yeah, the second I was thinking about that, uh, but I've never seen that happen before. So Okay, I didn't know if that was a common trend for three-point contests. I mean, obviously, we've seen some of the greatest shooters in our in our game well, win, but yeah. This, just, this is why I don't think it's it uh, it's a problem. Because in the home run derby, you're purposely slowing down balls and you're becoming directly the direct center of the plate. So if you do that, say, 100, 150 times, the next time you go to swing at bat, your whole perception is going to be off. 
while in the three-point contest, it's your natural shooting motion. That's how these guys practice. So maybe a little bit, albeit a little bit uh, sped up, but this is how they practice. So that's why it won't get broken. Now, when I look at this field, Johnson, we have a bunch of all-stars here besides one. That's Malik Beasley. He's very good. He's very good. He is a very, he's a very good three-point shooter. And something tells me he might win this one because it's all, it always feels like when you get these contests, you always, you know, see like the star player, the star player, the star player. And then there's Strap that one the guy. Door. Exactly. The one guy you're not expecting to win it. I think people are going to be looking at Brunson to win. They're going to be looking at Mitchell and Lillard to win. Maybe not at Tyrese Halliburton because we have seen the last couple of weeks he's been on, you know, injury management and they're playing up to his minutes. So he hasn't been shooting the ball as much as these last couple of weeks. So that could, you know, maybe affect him in this contest. And then. Lloyd Markkinen, we've seen. I think he's won a three-point contest before, if I'm not mistaken. Or at least he was he close has. to winning one. Uh, I think he was close. Um, I could, couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I completely forgot the history of who won. I don't even remember who won last year. So you, you could probably it might tell might have been me. Clay. Um, was that two but, years ago? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Malik Beasley regardless. I think... You look at the field, you're expecting the uh, – I think what I've seen from all sports, not even just the NBA, I think of all sports, You, it's expect the unexpected. It was Dame last year. It was Dame last year, okay. So he's looking to repeat his as a champion this year. Um, Regardless, I'm going to go with Malik Beasley. I think you're looking to see if you'll get that unexpected player to win it, and I think Malik Beasley will be that unexpected guy. Obviously, I want Brunson to win. It'd be fun if he won. Not gonna mush him fully if he if I pick him, so I'll go with Malik Beasley on this one. And we also have a special three point competition between uh, Steph Curry and Sabrina. I'm not gonna butcher her last name, so I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> I, I was you? trying. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give you that. I I don't I don't want to butcher it either because I think I, I I don't know how to pronounce it either. Oh, I've heard it. I just can't. Wrap my mind. Listen, it's like I've got a very easy name. I'm very thankful for it. I think it's Sabrina <laughs> Ionescu. I think that's how you say. I it. think I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, so yeah, they're going to be participating in a three point contest this week. So obviously, we'll see what happens. And obviously, the first time we're going to have a NBA and a WNBA player going up against each other in this type of a contest. So. Who do you think wins it? Does the greatest three-point shooter of our generation in the NBA win it? Or do you think we get an upset from the WNBA? So this is the problem I have with this, and I'm going to explain it because I'm going to pick Sabrina here, but this is my issue. She's shooting from uh, NBA, not NBA, she's shooting from WNBA three-point range using the WNBA size regulation balls. If I think it was, they're both going to shoot from Steph Curry uh, NBA range, or WNBA range, if it was equal, I think Steph would definitely win 99 out of 100 times. But since you have this variation, I'm going to go with Sabrina. Okay. So, yeah. It's really not. It's like it's like comparing, like, okay, like, you have you have Usain Bolt and you have some other guy sprinting against each other, but you can get a 100-meter head start on Usain Bolt. Would you really bet against? Would you really bet for Usain Bolt? I don't think I would. I- I think that's a good note that you brought up that Sabrina is going to be shooting from the WNBA mandated three point line. And Curry is going to be shooting from the NBA mandated three point line. And obviously with their respected sized balls with basketballs when they're shooting. So that is certainly something to bring up for this. Um, 
I'll go with Sabrina just because she plays for, plays for the Liberty. Why not? So, something good for something. Uh, you know, the New Yorkers can celebrate. Why not? Right, besides the next title, if Brunson and her can win this weekend, that you know what? That's great. That's great for well, New wait York a minute. Media. There's more. We have the dunk contest too, Nick. And there's a potential that a Nick could win that one too. <laughs> yeah, because participants are Mac McClung, Jaime Hawkes Jr., Jacob Toppin, and Jalen Brown. I'm personally going to go roll with the Nick here, uh, Jacob Toppin. Okay. Okay. Mac McClung obviously trying to repeat his championship from last season, but Jacob Toppin, the, uh, the younger brother of Obi Toppin, looking to do what his brother did a couple years ago, Obi winning in 2022. So maybe it runs in the family potentially with these Toppins. Um, I, it's tough. I mean, I will say... We we give Jalen Brown a lot of credit, uh, you know, discredit sometimes. I give him credit though this time because we haven't. When was the last time we had an All Star participate in this in this contest? It's been a couple of years, maybe since the whole Zach Levine, uh, Aaron Gordon maybe. fiasco. Maybe. So I gotta give I gotta give Jalen Brown credit for even participating in this. I'll give him tons of credit for this. You know, uh, they really they're, you know they're scared to participate because of the way the judging is, and I think it's gonna be awful again. And uh, that's that'll be the end of it. Um, I'm gonna go Mac McClung. I've seen it from college. I've seen it from his high school days, and even the some contest. That's what I'm saying. I've seen it in person. He's he's one of the he's one of the better dunkers we've seen. Uh, he'll probably win it again. So bring I'll go back Derek Jones Jr. He was exciting. Bring back Derek Jones Jr. I still miss the days. I was talking about this yesterday, Johnson. I miss the days where we had guys like Gerald Green, where he would blow out cupcakes while dunking. I miss yes. those days. The creativity. Robinson, Nate Robinson with the Superman cape. Blake uh, Griffin dunking over IKEA. I, I miss Even those though days. That was, that, that was corporate sponsored and there's a rape, we, but that's besides the we, point. We were spoiled as children where it was some of the better dunk contests. We were. We were. Even the, even the college years. Even the college years. But. This all leads up to Sunday's NBA All-Star game. Um, now, obviously, there's been some wrinkles where we've seen a couple players that are currently not going to be playing in this game due to injuries. We've already mentioned Julius Randle and Joel Embiid are both out for this game. So they will be replaced. They are being replaced by Trey Young and Scotty Barnes. I'll go quickly into the rosters for both the East and the West. Uh, the stars for the Eastern Conference are Giannis. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, and Jason Tatum. Embiid was a starter. He will obviously have to be replaced in the lineup. So you would have to think maybe it's going to be maybe one of their centers, maybe like a Bam Adebayo. Uh, Adebayo. Maybe they get Brunson an opportunity. I don't know if they would put him at guard, even though they already have two guards there. I, I doubt it. But the options they have for the bench, they have Bam Adebayo, Paolo Bancaro, Scotty Barnes now, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, and now Trey Young. And on the Western Conference side of things, for stars, you have LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, uh, SGA, and Nikola Jokic. And then their reserves are Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Carl Anthony Towns. Going into this game, the current line for it is the Western Conference is a two and a half point favorite, and <laughs> that all important over under Johnson, three hundred sixty four and a half points. Well, who do you have hard. winning this game? 
it's hard with the over under because of the Elam ending uh, with yes. the All Star game. Um, so I'm not going to touch that. However, I will go East two and a half points because this is what I'm going to go with. The All Star game in recent years has become about young players that want to prove themselves, right? So you have the vets that go in there like LeBron. Like, listen, I'm not saying LeBron phones in the All Star game, but a lot of them do phone in the All Star game. That's just how it goes. When you have the East, is has a lot of first and second and maybe even third time All Stars, while the West is kind of loaded with that you know talent that's been there for a while. PG, uh, I keep on saying PG thirteen, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant. LeBron, these guys that have been here for years. While the East has a lot of fresh blood. So I'm going to go with the East plus two and a half with this one. Okay. Uh, now, would you like to also make your MVP prediction? Yeah, Jalen Brunson. He's going to win the three-point <laughs> contest. He's going to win the All-Star game. That's going to be a and monster then, week for New York is what you're saying. Yeah, and then four months later, he's going to win, uh, he's gonna win uh, NBA uh, Finals MVP. You are you are setting yourself up for a great failure, sir. You know what? Let me have it. Um, I will go. I'll play. I'll I'll play it to the you know, to the audience. I'll go with the Western Conference minus two and a half. And honestly, why not? I'll take the over under. Let me go. I'll go over. Why not? Am I am I really gonna watch That's an, an All Star game? game? Am I gonna really root for an under at an All Star game? What's the fun in that? Um, you keep in mind, I, I did say Sunday, it's next Sunday. Obviously, Sunday is the Super Bowl, and the week after is the NBA All-Star Game, February 18th. Now, for my MVP prediction for this game, you know what? I talked about him earlier. I think SGA wins it. Okay. He's a young, hungry, he's a young, hungry player. It makes sense to a Young, me. hungry player. You got all these bright stars that obviously have won in their time. Obviously, won MVPs, whether it be regular season or finals MVP. You'll get to start to see the, you know, kind of the early stages of SGA being that guy. And I think you'll see it in this All-Star game. I think you could see. I, I wouldn't be shocked if, he's, if he gets near 30-plus, maybe 40-plus points in this game. So, I'll go with SGA. And um, that sums up our NBA trade that, uh, excuse me, NBA All-Star weekend prediction. Yes. And we'll bring us to the next and final part of our show where there's a lot of rumored trade candidates going uh, going around. And happen. this will be done by Thursday, I believe. Yes, it will. This upcoming Thursday is the NBA trade deadline. So there's a lot of you know news going on, and there are certain players that are either going to potentially stay with their team or they could be on the move this upcoming deadline. So we'll go into certain players that we think could be traded or are a rumor to be traded in this deadline. Um, now, this first guy, let's 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 say his facts. I don't think he gets traded. There have been rumors the last couple of days because the Lakers have had a really up and down season. But LeBron James, we know he's going to be a free agent soon because of that player option he has. Do you think he works his way into maybe telling Rich Paul, listen, it's been great. We won a championship here. But... I want to win one more ring potentially, and I want to get traded somewhere. Do you think LeBron goes? I'm going to say no. The only team which he probably would go to would be the Knicks, and, the, and Leon Rose isn't going to trade for him. I know that he just had a sit-down with Rich Paul where they kind of hashed out the differences. For anyone who doesn't know, Leon Rose is the general manager of the New York Knicks. 
uh, and he's had long-standing issues with Rich Paul, who is clutch, uh, I believe, clutch sports. Yep. And he is a CAA guy. He was a former CAA boss. So they've obviously had their differences, and they kind of got him hashed out this uh, this past weekend. So even though that meeting did happen, uh, he's going to stay a Laker. I'm going to say no. I would agree with you. I think he stays in L.A. I think the only traction he'll have maybe getting moved is probably in free agency where he'll opt out and play the market out and see where he goes. So I agree with you. I think he stays in Los Angeles. But then this next player, there's a possibility he could be traded. Now, the Atlanta Hawks right now are one of the teams in the playoffs if the season ends today. They would be the last team in in the Eastern Conference as the 10th seed. But there have been rumors that they might be trained to Jonte Murray at this upcoming trade deadline. Do you think he gets moved? He's either going to be a Nick or he's going to be going or he's going nowhere. He, I don't think there's any other team. DeJounte Murray makes a lot of sense. They need that scoring punch off the bench. He's a great defensive player, knows how to move the ball. Would be really a seamless fit uh, to be in that second unit. But if he's not going to be a Nick, he's not getting traded. So but that's my prediction. I think he gets traded, but I think it's going to the Lakers. I you, think You think they're going to buy in. Interesting. I think they're going to try to at least get they're going to try at least want to get one more ring out of LeBron. I think you have a guy like D'Angelo Russell who they could give up in a trade. You have first round. You can trade some picks that you have down the line and maybe some younger players. Obviously, you'll have to figure out some salary cap issues as well when you make this deal. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers try to make this move. They have been linked to DeJounte Murray for a while now. I think it's good as time as any to try to make that trade, especially with potential of LeBron maybe leaving you very soon. You want to try to at least get him one more opportunity to win a championship with you. I think if you get to Jonathan Murray, you have a good opportunity. Next guy we have on the list is Bruce Brown. I personally think he's going nowhere. He's going to stay there. Um, I, I, I don't see him going anywhere. Okay. And now remember, keep in mind, Brown was already traded this season. So this would be the second time he would be traded if he were to go. Um. Now, this is the problem with this trade because we've heard the rumors that the Raptors are want they kind of want to they basically want a first round pick for Bruce Brown. So it would be tough for some of these teams to make a deal to get this done for a guy like this. I think the issue for me, Johnson, is that Knicks are in a spot where they might be, you know, they might say to themselves, listen, we need more bench pieces. We have an abundance of first round picks. Why not just make the trade? I think, I think it's more about this, I think it's more about um, about fit. That's that's the reason why I'm not gonna say Knicks. That's fair. I I, I don't know if he'll. I don't know if I don't he think can, we need another Josh Hart, Quentin Grimes type player. Right. I I don't know if I agree with that either. I think you know maybe we should look at more of a center because we've had issues with, um, you know, not even that you know Hard side's not playing great. Um, Simmons has been fine, but they haven't been like we haven't had really healthy we haven't been healthy at that position especially down low with randall now out as well a power forward or or small forward or some 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 type of big man would be great for the knicks um you know what i'll change my i'll change my answer i'm gonna say no and the only reason i'm gonna say no is because there's another player on this list that i think might be better fitted for the knicks so I think I know which one you're going to pick here, and I'm also yeah. probably going to agree with you, but we'll get there in a little bit. We'll get there in a little bit. Next we have on the list is Andrew Wiggins. This is going to sound a little strange. I think he's going to be a Maverick. Okay. 
they really struggle at that wing position, and he could be a small ball ball four. Uh, they already have their center kind of locked up with Derek Lively from Duke, their first-round pick this past year. And I think Wiggins would be a great scoring option to take the pressure off Luka. Well, you think about it, you also have Kyrie Irving. So they have your, you have your backcourt um, or your frontcourt. I always I always mix that up. It's your backcourt. Um, I was right originally. Okay, I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, um, you have that already set up. You've been start- the problem is for the Mavericks, they've been starting Tim Hardaway Jr. for a while. And nothing disrespected to Tim Hardaway Jr. I still I, I liked him when he was a Nick. But if you can get an upgrade in a guy like Andrew Wiggins, a former number one overall pick, that would be huge for Dallas. And I honestly like the fit. I, I agree with you. I think if if there's going to be a team that could get Andrew Wiggins, I think it could be Dallas. So I could wouldn't be shocked if Dallas, you know, goes out, talks to the Warriors. Maybe gives up guys like Tim Hardaway. They got Grant Williams in the offseason. Maybe they trade him. And maybe they bring in, maybe they trade Seth Curry and pair him up with Steph. I could see it happen. All right. I'm going to have a lot more boring picks coming up. First was Kyle Kuzma, a fearless leader of the nine win Washington Wizards. Even though they've had a horrific season, he's not going anywhere. I think he's going to be a wizard. Well, keep in remember, he signed, he signed that big uh, contract in the offseason. We thought so he, he would. And we thought he was leaving them for sure. I don't think they're going to deal him after signing him. Makes no sense. I, Value I, I agree. I don't think I don't think he gets traded either. Uh, what about Jordan Clarkson? What do you think about him? I think he's either going to be a Nick or he's or he's not or he's going to stay put. Yeah, the Jazz are in a, a weird spot because they've been rumored to trade Clarkson, but they've also been kind of teetering on fringe playoff or play in team the last couple weeks. I agree. That it's either Knicks or nowhere. I'm gonna say no. I think he stays in Utah because I think the final player that we talk about is the guy that I think the Knicks go out and get because of the team that he's currently on. Uh, what about Demar Derozan? Do you think he gets traded? It's it's hard because with the Zach Levine injury, I thought he wasn't going anywhere, but now they probably want to squeeze some value out of him. Uh, this is gonna sound crazy. I think he has the potential to be a Laker. However, I think he's not going to go anywhere. I think if there are two teams, I think he was going to go to midseason. It would have been the Heat or it would have been the Lakers. He would have gone home to California to play for his hometown team. Um, I know he's not from Los Angeles. He is from, I believe, Compton. But it would have been his home state team. So I'm going to say bold. Just make it not boring. I'm going to say Lakers. You're going to say Lakers? Okay. Uh, I think I don't think he gets traded. I, I think it's another situation where I'm pretty sure he's he's also coming up with an expiring deal soon as well. So I'm not sure how many teams will really realistically want to get involved. You got to think about this also. If you want to get DeRozan at his best, now is the time because there's going to be that point where he starts declining. I just don't know what his value is right now. That's what is really a single first round pick that's heavily protected. Right, so I like team. A team might pull the trigger on that for sure. I just don't know who would pull, like who was going to do it. I would, I would think that they just stay pad, they keep them, and then who knows what the Bulls do in the off season because they're they have a a weird team where you can't tell if they're a good team or a bad team. They're kind of just mid. 
Um, what do you think and about have, Jeremy Grant? So I was going to say we have two more players left, both of the Trailblazers, Jeremy Grant and Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say that Malcolm Brogdon is going to stay put. But I think Jeremy Grant is going to go to Miami. Okay. Miami would be an interesting fit. I mean, right now they are the eight seed, so they could use some help. I think they're going to um, end up buying. People said that you know Jimmy Butler's going to get traded to the Knicks. I think Pat Riley will would fake a heart attack on live television before that happens. So I think they're going to buy in more, try to get one more uh, at least playoff run out Jimmy Butler. And I think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to be a member of the Miami Heat. I can see Philadelphia making a move for Jeremy Grant. I'd be think, kind of full circle. I think it, it would be interesting because you, you obviously lost Embiid. Now I'm not saying he could play center for you immediately. Like he could, he can't play. He's still front court minutes, but he could still get you those minutes where you need. He could play the four if needed be, and they still have Tobias Harris who could play the three. So you have those guys that could fill that role of you know a big bodied four that can get you rebounds and stuff like that. Where that's what you're missing from Embiid right now, and you need defense as well. Jeremy Grant can fill that role. Uh, obviously, he just signed a contract extension in the offseason as well. He was another one of those guys that we expected to be going to a different team in the offseason, but ended up staying with this, his former team. I think if a team could make a move for him, I think it could be Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, it would be a full uh, full circle type moment. He started off as a member of the Sixers back in 2014. Uh, yep. Second round pick out of Syracuse. So this would be a full, full round, uh, a full career moment for him. Just come back to the place that you're after him. But I think he's perfect on Portland right now. Hometown team gets to stay with family and friends. Uh, getting paid tens of millions of dollars to be a, I don't want to say fringe all-star, but at least in that conversation of upper echelon, very good NBA players. Another um, um another team I could see make a move for him maybe uh, OKC bringing him back there too. Yeah, he, he that's another that'd be another good fit. I think that was the second team he left right after, right? He went to Philadelphia, yeah. OKC. Yep. Then he went to Denver, Detroit. Yep. I'm going full circle with Jeremy Graham for this one. So Philadelphia or OKC? That's what I'm gonna go with Philadelphia or OKC. I think that's where I think that's where if he were to get traded, that would be where I would uh I would say. And then our final player is another pl- a member of the Blazers, as you mentioned, Malcolm Brogdon. What do you think? Do you think he goes anywhere? Or do you think he stays put? I think he stays put. I don't think he's going to get dealt anywhere. Okay. Yeah. I, I think for me, I think you're going to be looking at where you're trying to make a move. If you're Portland, I think Brogdon's probably one of those guys that you want to try to move with as a deadline. I think the two teams for me that could make the move for him would be the Knicks or the Magic. I think when you look at the Magic, we know they've taken a lot of guards these last couple of drafts, but the size of their guards have been an issue as well as their outside shooting. And I think if you were to get a more experienced guard for a playoff run potentially instead of a young guard that has no playoff experience, especially with you being right now a fringe top six seed, you know, seven seed in the Easter Conference, that'd be big for them. Um, obviously, teams like the Knicks and Lakers are going to be on him because they also could use guards. I could see the Knicks making the move for him. It's more than the Bruce Brown trade because I think he could provide a little bit more to the Knicks than Bruce Brown can, in which he gives you another guy behind Brunson. You could maybe start him some days where Ananubi, if he's where if he were to get hurt. You could start him at the two, and you move Divincenzo to the three if you want to. 
I could see that being a, a nice fit for New York as well. Um, I would say the Knicks and Magic are probably the best landing spots for him if he were to get dealt. All right, I think that kind of wraps it up here. Do you have any other comments before we uh, kind of wrap up our first half NBA preview? We'll be back for, for football next week, and yep, that's when things be... kind of get weird. Yeah, uh, obviously, Super Bowl Sunday's is coming this week. Um, any, uh, you want to make any last-minute changes to your Super Bowl pick, or are you going to stick with what you got? Uh, nope, I picked the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are going to win. So Okay. I am sticking with my pick because I'm trying to at least tie you for this upcoming NFL for this past NFL season. So we'll see. But in terms of NBA, yeah, once uh once we recap next week's NFL season, uh the Super Bowl, we're gonna be going into a swing where we're looking at the offseason of the NFL as well as you know the NFL drafts coming up soon, you know, a couple months away. Free agency is also coming up in the NFL. And then for the NBA itself, we'll be sure if there's some big trades going down the deadline, we'll definitely recap that. The All-Star Game is coming up. And Johnson, as you and I both know, next month is March. That means March Madness is coming up soon, too. This so is March. We got, some co- we got some college basketball to not only recap for this season, but we got some March Madness picks to make this year. And we had a pretty fun bracket uh, we had last season. So stay tuned. Yep. Who knows what happens this year? Yep. It's a time of year where football takes a back seat and every other sport takes the front seat. Yeah, and I forgot them. And as you mentioned, uh, every sport gets to take a you know front seat. And I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up. MLB is also coming up too. They almost have opening day coming around. Still not as much free agency traction the last couple of weeks, but still have a baseball season coming up as well. So we're going into that stretch where the NFL is taking a, a step back. Do have some things coming up in the NFL, but we have these other sports to cover and. That's why we're giving you an NBA episode tonight. Our first NBA episode in a couple months. And you know what? The NBA has definitely not disappointed us this upcoming, this, I shouldn't say upcoming, but for this previous first half that we just had, that is still going on as of now, that we'll be wrapping up in a couple of days and going into the second half of the season where we'll see a lot of traction, maybe not only the trade deadline, but in terms of teams trying to make that, you know, that, those last second pushes to make, a potential NBA championship run. So we'll have to see how it all goes down for this NBA season. And can we see maybe the Nuggets repeat? Can we see a new NBA champion this year? I think that's the fun of this NBA season. I think there's a lot of unpredictability when it comes down to it. And I'm sure we'll see a lot of it going down the next couple of weeks and months. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas and All Break Sports Show. The first half of the NBA season is pretty much almost wrapped up. NBA trade deadline is this Thursday. The All-Star game is next Sunday. And as we all know, for the NFL, we have the Super Bowl this Sunday. Next week here on the show, we will recap that Super Bowl as well as give our our takes on the game itself, looking ahead into the 2024-2025 NFL season. Should be a doozy next week here on the show. This has been Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All-Gas Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your week.